Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and mead makes everything better. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys. <laughs> nice. And this week we are reading Beowulf by who the fuck knows? No idea. Uh, and we're starting with a mead. This is a mead. This is one of the more expensive things we've had on this show. I poured too much. Oh, my God. You're going to be fucked. It's a 14% alcohol mead. Oh, I fucked up, too. <laughs> Kirk's apple pie. Yeah, you fucked up because I could have one in my glass. That looks ridiculous. Oh, dear God. By Moonlight Meadery, I believe. And, oh, Jesus. Jesus oh. Christ. And it's the description says, apple mead with Vietnamese cinnamon and Madagascar bourbon vanilla. Did you say Vietnamese cinnamon, cinnamon? Cinnamon? Yeah, Vietnamese. <laughs> That's a hard word. Cinnamon. Did I say it wrong? No, I, I can say c- c- cinnamon. It also says liquid apple pie in your glass. Let's see. Cheers, guys. God help us. Oh, my God. That's exactly what that fucking is. This is the best thing I've ever had in my entire life. This, is, <laughs> this makes me want diabetes. <laughs> I would, I'd cut off a few toes for this. <laughs> you don't need all of them. <laughs> that is unreal. Holy it shit. It is nice. This is, it is st- this still. Is, this can't exist. I have to not ever see this it's again. It's like John Candy's peeing into my mouth right now. <laughs> <laughs> that is That really tastes like apple pie. My whole body's warm. That is so good. That's Where can I get this, and where do, how do I stay away from it? Well, the one thing is it's not cheap. so <laughs> That'll limit you. It was like 19 bucks for this bottle. Holy shit. 18 bucks, yeah. It's not huge. This is, we've had only a handful of meads. You need to take that and throw it away before the, we this get This is the best mead it. we've ever had, I think. I agree, yeah. This is what I think of when I, and I didn't think mead would taste like apple pie, but it's kind of sweetness and mm-hmm. Can deliciousness. Can you someone like drinking like a fucking flagon of this and not blacking out? <laughs> well, no, you, you go and then you rape and pillage across Scandinavia. I don't think you could rape and pillage anything after drinking all that. You just go to sleep. Well, maybe you you're like not a Viking, of, so. Yeah, I guess, I don't know. I mean, it is definitely very good. It's the it's sweetness is so intense. Yeah, it's it's a lot to deal with, but it's 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 so fucking. Good. I'm gonna somehow find a way to do it, even though we have eight more beers today. We're gonna drink. Uh, that's no, gonna get clean. We're drinking beer every five minutes. Don't we have Ready? at least start the timer? <coughs> Don't we have at least one more mead? We do have one more mead. We'll do that next. This tastes. I mean, tastes a lot like that. Not your mother's apple pie soda. It does, but yeah. a more intense. It's, it's less carbonated. Yeah, well, yeah, because yeah, it's, it's not carbonated. Practically still, yeah. There's a little bit of bubble when you pour it, but that goes away instantly. But it's just more intense. That's what I'm saying. Oh my god, it really tastes like a fucking apple pie. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> and I'm like, you fight a goddamn dragon, it knowing it, it you're going to lose. Made it worth reading this stupid <laughs> fucking book. We'll get to that. So Beowulf. Yeah, that's the whole point of this thing. <laughs> oh, 70-something episodes in. I just realized that. <laughs> so um, Beowulf is famous for a couple different things, but mostly as the the epic poem of Old English. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's claimed to fame. Old with an E. Yeah, old E English. <laughs> so the first thing about that means that it is not, if you don't already know this, it is not the English language we speak today. It is not the English language of Shakespeare. It is the English language of over a 1,000 years ago, and is a completely different thing. You cannot read it off the page. It is a for, it is like a foreign language you have to study. I mean, this predates Shakespeare by like eight hundred years. Yeah. So the manuscript. What is this from? Well, it's debated, of course. Debated. Yeah. But the manuscript. There's one single copy of Beowulf, one manuscript copy, and it is from about the year a thousand. 
between 975 and 1025. That's pretty old. But like the Odyssey and the Iliad, it was composed, not written down. It was at first. It was exactly. composed as a something to be performed and sung because it's in because it's in verse. And so probably for who knows how many years, probably hundreds of years, it was just performed over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's probably changed with every single different person who did it. Yep. And so um, <clears throat> eventually one guy one time wrote it down. The one guy in England who could read decided to write it down. <laughs> and it's really quite miraculous that we even have the, the manuscript because the manuscript was collected by a guy, I think his name was Cotton. I want to say Roger Cotton. He wasn't a bunny. but he, I like to believe he was. He likes to believe he's a bunny. Peter right? Cottontail. He collected. <laughs> he was like you know, a wealthy British dude who just collected shit. And his thing was collecting manuscripts and old books. And he possessed the one copy of Beowulf and didn't really even know what it was necessarily. Just kind of had it. It was because well, like it's in old a, English. It's and like then, having a first edition Superman one, but but what if better. it was written in Arabic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he then had this, and then there was a fire in his home, and the manuscripts and all the shit in the library were thrown literally out of the window to keep them from being burned. And the cover page. What year was this? This is in the 1700s or 1600s. Okay. Yeah. And the cover page of the Beowulf manuscript was singed, like it could have easily, quickly just disintegrated and been gone forever. So it's this miraculous thing that didn't even exist today. And then when people realized what it was, more on like the 19th century, they're like, oh, this is like an ancient English poem, and it's this window into this forgotten world, and it has, you know, so many interesting things about it that we could talk about later, but, you know, in terms of meter and rhyme scheme and all the other bullshit that goes on to it that is very English teacher-centric. And, and it has grown to become the old English poem. Is there another one? Well, it constitutes, like, the manuscript that this comes from is, like, basically 10% of the literature written in Old English. It's from a manuscript of a few other poems hmm. of lesser renown. So this manuscript is all of it, and Beowulf was part of this manuscript? So there's, like, a pile of papers, and, you know, it's not even clear how they were originally paginated, you know, because things weren't bound so strictly back then. But Beowulf is one poem in there, and there were, like, I want to say three other poems that I couldn't even tell you the names of. I couldn't pick them out of a lineup. But there's a whole bunch of other the B-sides. Well, yeah. And it's not even, are they by the same poet? Are they just collected by the same person? Who knows? We'll never know. They are this one thing. But if you take them and all the other random poems and stories that you have in Old English, there's not a whole lot that was written down besides, like, you know, a translation of the Bible and shit like that. It's, and it, it harkens back to a pre-Christian world for the Anglo-Saxons. Although God and there is some Christianity in this. There's a huge amount, and I want to talk about that later, actually, because that is another issue with the with the story. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, beers, beer. I'm sorry, did you change beer or I, mead? I, uh, let's have a beer just to mix it up. All right, because we only have one more mead, you asshole. You want to have both meads back to back, and then have a bunch of beer? We're going to mix it yes, up. Yes, I want to we'll... do that. I okay, let's, do have that. The mead. let's have the mead. Let's do it. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Fuck it. <laughs> this is a very different product. This is called Tuco Style Freakout. By B Nectar, it's an agave mead with lime. I know it's not going to be as good. It's not. This is like it's like drinking out a weird forty. It's a five hundred ml bottle, which is a weird size. But B Nectar is a cool meadery that you find. I see a lot of them in uh, hip parts of New York City. We were doing before for. Uh, did y'all do one for American Gods or something? That wasn't this. That was a but, Danish. But you had ship. one for a B Nectar, I thought. We may have actually. It's, it's in there somewhere. I've definitely had some in in my day. It smells abrasive. 
You know, it's interesting because, I, mean, I don't know if it's because it's mead or something, but it actually has the calorie amount on here. So if you live through consuming this bottle. 1.4 serving. This bottle is 1.4 servings. It's 212 calories. That is a lot fewer than I thought it would be. That's honestly. not that many calories. It's like considering soda. <laughs> a little worse than soda. So considering, so what, 1.2 servings per bottle? 1.4. 1.4? That's 12 ounces. Is, 12 ounces is 212 calories. Oh, that's not very much at all. No, that's like for alcohol, you know. It's nice. So I, I think this is nice. I definitely don't mind it at all. I think the other one is amazing. The, this one is still actually pretty good. The smell is... There's something in there kind of sharp. I don't know what the fuck it is. I don't think it's the agave. I think that's like a red herring because that's just sugar and the yeast will turn that into alcohol and not give mm-hmm. a fuck. I think it's the lime. Yeah. Maybe it is. Yeah. The lime adds a little bit of... I mean, it's a... You it's, taste it. It's, it's tart... Only in comparison to this, to the dessert one we had before. Is this it's not to be like actually a, very tart at all. It's not. It, it, I think com- it's just in comparison. It's more dry. Is this supposed sure. to be like a tequila mead? I think it's what they're kind of going for. And if you look at the label, they're clearly channeling Breaking Bad. Tequila and lime. Yeah. With tuco. T- tuco yeah. and yeah. and it, in the font, it looks like the, the font from Breaking Bad. Yeah. I think this is ex- excellent. It's really good. If I hadn't had the other one I first, like this would be really, really cool. You know, it's I great, think, but it's not that first one. I could probably drink more of this oh, yeah. because it's not so intensely sweet. You could definitely drink well, more good, of then this. Good, I'll drink the other one. Go fuck yourselves. Well, I mean, if I'm we'll not see saying you in a year. Bad, but yeah. <laughs> uh, so why are we drinking meat anyway? Ah, uh, because that's what the Vikings drank. And where like half the book takes place. Yeah. Or poem in the mead halls. So mead, the honey wine, you know, alcohol perhaps the oldest fermented beverage in human history. At least mead nerds like to brag. That's one of those other things Maybe. we'll never know for sure. Hipster fucks. Well, because it's, it's, you know, I think, I think people well, like to talk about mead because it's like, hey, fuck, it's, it's, it's different than beer and wine. It's its own thing. Let's just, let's just shoot down the middle here and go for mead. Wouldn't, like, fruit that fermented itself, wouldn't that be the oldest fermented beverage? Yeah, but, like, fermented on purpose. Controlled. Controlled system, I suppose. As opposed to you know a rotten banana sitting in a puddle. <laughs> that sounds really sad. Well, if you drink that, you must be pretty desperate for a drink. Well, the book takes place in you know not even you know is not it, even is England. It's not really a book. No. It's like a it's a poem. It's whatever you want to call. It. I'm gonna call it the bo- a book though because that's simpler for me. Yeah, I'm sure. My brain can't handle other words right now. Well, we did read it in a book. Yes, and that's actually kind of an important point as well that we should mention. That it had pages and shit. Yeah. Well, that it's the Tolkien translation. Oh yeah. So actually, there are multiple translations. We kind of started talking about this. You cannot read it in the original language unless you're a fucking nerd. And I'll tell you, I have tried to nerd out and learn this shit. It tried is, to learn old English. I have. It is not easy. So we can talk about this now or later. But this is something I actually know a lot about. Why old English transformed into modern English has to do with has virtually nothing to do with linguistics and everything to do with with like. Conquest. Yeah, I mean, it's a thousand years of language smushing us together. But it actually it is like you can point it to one specific event. Was it the Battle of Hastings? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so the Your go-to uh, trivia answer? Well, I mean, that is what happened. Yeah. In, in 1066, what was it? Harold Godwinson is the king of England, and he dies without an heir. And then everyone comes out of the woodwork and like, I'm the fucking next king. Suck a bag of dicks. And of course, at this point, the king was not even, it wasn't like a primogeniture kind of thing. It was just... Biggest army diplomacy. But also, there was the um, like a council that would select the next person if of, of the people around. It was and like then, the UN. But unless you can conquer them. <laughs> mm-hmm. The UN yeah. with more fighting. And I forget exactly what his claim was, but William the Bastard slash William the Conqueror 
was like, no, no, I'm owed this. And he brought in, he was, you know, William of Normandy, who did not speak a lick of old English, probably, but spoke what must have been old French, came in and took that shit over and beat the dick out of them in one of the most ridiculous military battles ever, which we, we'll talk about um, never, frankly. But <laughs> they, um, he, he beat the shit out of them and he became the king of England. And then there was a 200-year period of time where England was, was maintained and ruled by French-speaking people or old French-speaking people. And a lot of French words were brought into the English language. Yeah, and, and this is why English's vocabulary is like 60% Latin words because of two factors. One, the church, and two, the French words that were used, which ultimately descended from Latin for the most part, um, that any word that we, most, not any word, but a lot of words that we have for things of high society, law, education, religion, royalty, all these sorts of qualities have a Latin etymology to them. And we even still have words that kind of compare with the original Old English words. For example, like the word sheep comes from Old English, but the word mutton comes from French. Or the word cow comes from Old English, but the word beef comes from French. Uh, French because the poor English-speaking farmers knew the animal when it was alive, <laughs> and the French-speaking conquerors knew it when it was dinner. That makes sense. So, you know, words like royalty come from this time. Words like magistrate. Words like constitution. Like, all of these words, like so many words that we use come from this particular moment in time. Beowulf pre precedes all of this, which is why you cannot read it, and you must read it in translation unless you really want to dedicate a lot of time to studying it. And we read one translation. We all agreed to read one translation. That is the one by Tolkien, because nerds. Head nerd. Lord Nerd of the Protector Republic. Yep. So this was only published in 2014, mm -hmm. even, though, really? even though yeah. he, did, he completed the translation like in 1926 is when he sort of like finished his sort of like very first version. So really a, a very long time. Why and then he so continued like to, to years, right? he continued over time to sort of make notes and make some changes. And he was working on, uh, he was working on doing some lectures about it because this is what Tolkien did. He was a Philologist. Philologist. He loved the ology. Yep. Uh, and so this was... Guys, I, you anyway, gotta get on this album. This is not gonna last. Anyway, it was very influential to him. Why, why did it not get published until... Well, it was just kind of notes he took. But he also said that his, he, he himself admitted his translation wasn't very good. He was like, yeah, I, I kind of didn't get it. I didn't like capture it all. And Tolkien was a... a aside from uber goddamn nerd was a brilliant linguist. Like, the guy spoke like nine languages. Le not, not, not hyperbolically. Like, legitimately understood a bunch of different languages and was enamored with, with language. And he, he made beautiful translations of other poems. Like his, I've read several translations, not to nerd boast, but I will, of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. His translation is the most phenomenal in terms of maintaining the uh, meter, the... Um, uh, consonant, uh, you know, uh, alliterative patterns of it, and the meaning of it. Like, he was a really a brilliant translator at times. But he did Beowulf when he was young. He was like 30, and then he went to become a professor of philology for the next 40 years, and learned a tremendous amount more, and realized more, and he never kind of went back and fixed it, which is an issue with his translation. And this is also, of course, before he wrote The Hobbit or The Lord of the Rings. By decades. Yeah. Though we should also come back to that, because you, reading mm -hmm. this, you cannot help 
But notice, but, oh, okay, wait, notice. that really kind of felt like Lord of the Rings right there. Yeah, for sure. So let's get to the actual plot of, of Beowulf. So it's about a character named Beowulf. So should we perhaps open another drink yes. uh-huh. first? Because there's not that much plot. Okay, here. I'm going to pour this for you, and I'm going to keep drinking that apple pie shit. This is called Building Blocks, and it's by McKellar San Diego. It's a Keller-style Pilsner beer. A what style? Keller-style. What is that fucking? Honestly, I don't fucking know. Okay. I've heard of it before. I should have. I'm supposed like a, to be the guy that knows about like, beer, but they I don't make know their own, like Mick Keller. This is a Keller style. No, thing. I think I think it's a. It's like this is I me. I think it's a German thing. I did this. But building blocks. I forgot who brought this a while ago, and we were like, we have too many beers, we can't drink this. And then we're like, let's save it for the next time. But the connection is this: one, the author. Um, sorry, the well, Beowulf takes place in Denmark. Where building blocks come from? The guy from McKellar is from Denmark, and two, Inception level deep right now. This Legos are from Denmark. Yeah, that's true. And they are, <laughs> are building blocks. Are they really? Yeah, yeah. Lego Legos is a uh, Danish for let's Egos. play. Lego, let's play. Egos, yeah. Egos, Lego waffles. Yeah, that's yeah. what it means. Yeah, it's Lego. That's what they call them in French. Legos. <laughs> <laughs> but two, this form as as the as the like er text of old English. This is like the building block of English literature, allegedly. That. I'll accept it. Judge's okay. ruling? Good, thank you. What do you guys think of a Keller-style Pilsner beer? That is astringent. I don't like it. It's kind of like a sour Pilsner. Yeah. I wouldn't say sour. It's not super sour. Just a little I, bit, a little I know, bit. I know what you mean, though. Of sourness. It's got that little... Something in there, yeah. little funk. A funky Pilsner. I think I it's just you could so say. fucking dry. It's almost... It's pretty liquid to me. It's huh? like... So, it's almost tart. Yeah. Which is great. It cleansed my palate for more of this apple pie shit. I'm ready, I'm ready to love again. So the book takes place in, it, it, what's interesting is it is the old English epic. It never fucking mentions England. England is not a setting. It is, there are no characters there, and they barely speak, you know, the language we would associate with it. Well, it's also, it could have been, you know, passed down from a time and a place that wasn't England. And, and, and Vikings were raiding England at yeah. this time. Oh, totally. Absolutely. That's where this came so, from. Yeah, that's how it came from Denmark, where the Vikings live over to England. I understand all that. It just it just is interesting that this is the old English poem and it never once says the word England or English. Well, even back or then, England Engel. was still boring. <laughs> they just had to stiff upper lip and endure that kind of bull- that snubbing we with their would, own poem. We wouldn't like to deal with monsters. Mm. Mm. We always have to deal with bad manners. Mm. Pish well, posh, pish posh. So Beowulf is from the. He's one of the Geats, right? Is he a Geat? He's a Geat. He's a Geat. Which is. He's from like Sweden or Denmark. I mean, like, he's, uh, they he's, mentioned he's Sweden. Sweden. They he's mentioned Swedish. Sweden because yeah. he comes to Denmark to save them because he's heard there's I'm some swimming. There there's some contest. fucking up to do, but he's a geet from Sweden, and he's tough as all fucking balls. He is made up entirely of balls. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I he's heard that motherfucker tough, had like thirty goddamn dicks. <laughs> nice. <laughs> if you know what that's a reference to, you can send us a message. So he. Shows up at the King's Hall, and the King's like, thank God, because we've had some fucking shit happening here. It has been a shitty year. And uh, what's been happening? The Danes, or whoever they're called. Are yeah. they called the Danes in this? Yeah, they're, they're like, everyone has like 10 different names. Yeah, there's so like the Skildings. I don't even know I who I think it's were. Shieldings. Sure, probably. Well, there was no H, but... Uh, but it's not pronounced the same. Like, if you I, look at the word I for sheep in Old English, it's C-E-E-P or something I like am that. not disagreeing with you. But anyway... I'm fucking mad nerd about this stuff. In, in my, in my mind... Balls into it. In my mind, I was thinking Skillings. there aren't enough vowels in that word, but 
We weren't reading Estonian poetry. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, they, so now. over in Denmark, they the the dudes over there and the king they're Something being attacked. Something is rotten in the state of Denmark. This this predates that by a lot. <laughs> I don't probably that. like eight hundred years. That is the beginning of Hamlet. No, not the beginning. Uh, but it's in yeah, the, the beginning. Beginning, yeah, beginning of yeah, Hamlet. Yeah. Read it. Let's go on. <laughs> oh, Mike hasn't read it. Oh, we <laughs> cannot discuss. Oh, we let's move on. To old English. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just don't know. I can't. Con- I mean, like it's no, not. That's the only line I know. Yeah, Rosenberg's and they're like, "Oh, let's flip a coin a hundred times." Well, that's that's the other the other one. Um, no, that's 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 Hamlet. Rosenkrantz and Gillenstern are dead. They just like flip a coin half of the fucking play. So over in Denmark, they're being attacked by a monster. He's a real douchebag. That, that's the kind of thing. It's just he's just being weird. <laughs> he's just okay. fucking shit up. No, <laughs> this this monster man. called Grendel has just been attacking them. I think in uh, old English it was pronounced Grundle. Yeah, <laughs> because he's the taint of the countryside. Because he taint taken no for an answer. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so, anyway, Beowulf and his bunch of dudes have come to Denmark to help the king who was there. Is that the Hrothgar? Is he the king? Oh, man. Of the How Danes? many of their names start with H? Yeah. Like it's a, so a, a weird silent H. Hrothgar. It's like, it's so many. But that Hrothgar was the king over there that Beowulf is trying to help, right? I he he so. heard yeah. there was some fucking up to do, and he was here to deliver that. Pretty much. Up. I, th- I honestly, he, the names he, I don't recall. And he arrives at a good time, too, because after hearing the king tell the whole story in many verses of, <laughs> of this sort of danger of Grendel, they, they drink, if they're in the meat hall, they drink a shitload of mead, and everybody goes to, be, goes to sleep. They just, they just lie down. Yeah, that's the Which is what they do. do. That's what they do. They all just like lie down and go to sleep on the floor Get in the meat hall. Get face and go to sleep on the dining room floor. Right? And during the night, Grendel breaks in and attacks them. He just kind of waltzes he in. He just waltzes in. Yeah. There's, there's, there's like no wa- guards. <laughs> Everyone's passed oh, the fuck out. One guard is awake. That's what it said. Only one of the people who was supposed to be guarding was still awake. And he gets fucking eaten right away. Yep. And then when Grendel somehow just literally breaks through the door and just starts attacking people. Well, he, he, he comes in, eats a dude, and then Beowulf is just like creeping. He's watching him. He's like, I'm going to wait to make my move. And also he's uh, told everyone that he's not going to use a sword to fight Grendel, because that would be too fucking easy, and he's just a beast. He's going to fight him barehanded, even though he's been eating people for a year, and no one can stop him. He's like, that's cool. I got this, guys. Never been here. Never seen it. I'm going to fist it to death. I've been practicing ripping phone books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to fight the shit out of him. He's been pulling so, a boat with his teeth. <laughs> after a short fight, after a short fight, Beowulf basically literally rips his arm off. It's rips an Grendel's exceptionally arm short fight. It's yeah. like three lines of yeah, prose. It's a disappointing thing. All of the fights in 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 this were just so short. I mean, that's not how we write things anymore. Like the fight is much more dramatic and has ups and downs of all. But this was, they started fighting and it was over. This is just. It, it was, was really like three lines up. each time. It was so short. And then Grendel runs away bleeding, and he's like, "Ow, I needed that." I didn't like it when you did that. Well, let's have this beer. This describes Grendel perfectly. Is it bleeding bitch? It's called pernicious. I don't, I don't actually know what that word means. Evil. It's by okay. Wicked Weed Brewing Company. Uh, so this is an IPA, 7.3% from Wicked Weed. He is also wicked. And this is from uh, Asheville, North Carolina. Tastes like an IPA. It tastes like a not-so-great IPA. It's very it's Definitely thin. bitter, but yeah, it's kind of thin. Then, and not really anything to balance out that bitterness. The kind of thing that a few years ago, you'd be like, oh, that's a good IPA. And now you're like, oh, it's actually not so good. The game's changed, boys. It has. 
But Grendel is a pernicious fuck. He comes in, he fucks shit up, eats people, rips their fucking heads off and shit. Like, I mean, that's it. And then Beowulf's like, no, no. Also, I'm gonna fight you. in this, they don't really describe him. Other you, than he just eats people. Well, he's the descendant of Cain. Yes, also that. He's the descendant of Cain. But beyond that, it's just like, oh, he's the descendant of Cain, and he eats people. They don't say, like, he's really tall. He is a monster. It's just... That he just he, he does bad stuff. It could be a man, it could be a creature, it could be a monster, it could be anything. Yeah, it's it's disappointing. And what Nate was saying before, like nowadays, you this would be the scene, would be yeah. the fight, and that would be a whole fucking chapter in a Lord of the Rings movie. It would be a forty-five minute battle scene, <laughs> exactly. But in this, it's literally a stanza, and they're like, ah, and then he did this. He grabbed him, and he was dead, and he ran away, and I think he was dead. Said Beowulf, son of Beo. Unto he who was also the son of this, and it just goes into genealogy for ten pages. <laughs> it was. It is a different pacing than we are used to, and that's one yeah, thing that makes this a very less than satisfying pacing. read today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he kills Grendel, maybe rips his arm off, and but everybody's like asleep still. They so sleep through drinking, this fight. They've been drinking all this fucking apple pie mead. I don't blame that shit. It's fucking like if they had, ass. if you had like three or four fucking huge chunk glasses of that, you'd pass out for probably a week. Two weeks. That's some damn good mead, though. So they're knocking out some mead. They're passed out. Baelf rips the fucking thing's arm off. They he arm wrestles it to death. That's what happens. I thought he put him like a like a UFC hold and like just arm bars him and rips it off. I mean, I, I guess it could be any weird thing. We just <laughs> yeah. he grabs its arms and he just pulls one arm off, and then he's like holds the arm. He's like I fucking did that shit, and he like nails it above the door. You're welcome, King. And they're like, oh, that thing's dead. And he's like, wow, that was real easy for you. I got to go, go make sure. I got to double check. And he has to go find out to make sure it's actually dead. So he has to follow the blood trail. It's a lot of blood. And there's a dick guy who's like, you suck, Beowulf. <laughs> the, uh, the, the guy who's like the assistant to the king or whatever his name is. He has different names yeah. in the translations. He's yeah. like, unfriend. Or stuff like that. His name. He's always like translated as like a douchebagius. Sh- yeah, he always has a name like that. Where it's like, mm, I don't think this guy's gonna be a cool character. Fuck stain. Like, Assholeus. And um, Beowulf and this guy go, and the guy's like, just just right over there, right over like right over that cliff. Good luck. And Beowulf has to jump off a cliff into the ocean. And like, let me go find the monster. I'll follow the blood trail here. He's like, I'll be fine. I'm fucking Beowulf. You hang out here, bitch. Hold my jock for me. <laughs> So he like jumps into the ocean, like, let me go find out what the fuck is happening here. And he swims down deep, and he's like, I got to go kick some fucking some ass. And he meets somebody else. Who does he meet, gentlemen? He meets Grendel's mom. He still lives with his mother. <laughs> what a bitch monster. <laughs> so Grendel is a bitch. It's official. <laughs> mom going out pillaging. All right, be home later. <laughs> This is called Dark Sister. This is from the Brussels Beer Project. She's not a sister, but it's fucking close enough. Well, I mean, she's a, she's a lady, <laughs> but she's also dark because she's like evil and shit. And aren't the descendants of Cain the ones that the Mormons thought were black people? Yes. So, you know, physically dark. They, they thought black people were descendants of Cain. You didn't know Absolutely. This? They believe their dark skin was a mark of the curse uh, for being sinners. Really? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. they decided that's not okay back in like the 70s. Like 1978. They're like, ooh, that's we're not getting their mind about that. Yeah. Oh, they God. saw Star Wars and they were like, no, that's not good anymore, is it, huh? Even they loved Lando. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them must be okay. 
in like in the eighteen hundreds, there were legitimate anthropologists and such that were like, "Ah, oh, the people of Africa are the descendants of Ham, the son of Noah." And the people of Asia are the descendants of this fucking person from the Bible. So Dark Sister is a, uh, uh, a Belgian black IPA that is 6.66% alcohol. Uh, wow, they really got specific yeah, I don't know how they're able to do that. 45 IBUs, super goddamn dark. It's not that dark. For an, I mean, it's, it's not IPA colored. Yeah, I guess, yeah. As with all black IPAs, I'm kind of like, meh, this is kind of stupid. The whole it's, the whole genre is. It seems more like a haha look. It just tastes like a hoppy hoppy brown ale, you know, or a very light stout that's really hoppy. It's it just, maybe it's just because I can't get over the, the look versus the taste thing of it. But it doesn't taste like an IPA, though I know it's not supposed to. But you know what I mean? It's just it's a weird thing. Like it's kind of it's like a Venn diagram kind of thing. It's like in between these two, very disparate beer styles. Of it's a, the taint. It is the taint of black ale, or black lager, or whatever, and IPA. This is the Grendel beer. The Gr- <laughs> <laughs> so then Beowulf goes down into the uh, like uh, sub-marine so sub, like, cave, and he's like, let me go beat the shit out of this bitch. Oh, it's a lady. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you shouldn't have eaten those men. And he sees there's a blood all over the goddamn place. And, and she's not a monster. She's like, it's a woman. So yeah, I don't give a shit. It's Angelina Jolie. Oh, that's right. There was that shitty Beowulf movie a few years yeah, ago. Entirely CGI. It was like ten years it ago. It was like the first one that was that was entirely CGI and it was meant to look realistic, not like Toy Story, which was meant to just yeah. look, you know, it was style, it was like the new the next generation of CGI stuff. And for the time it looked pretty incredible. Now it looks dated as fuck. I'm sure it looks terrible. Yeah. So then Beowulf fights her. Doesn't she come up and attack people in the metery and kill another guy? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. She does. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's why he follows her back in the first place. I skip yeah. that part. Yeah. I mean, it's the and same. It's, 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 the, it's the exact same thing a second time. She takes a dude and they find his head at the bottom of that at the hill, and he's like, "I got to jump into that water and fight that cunt." Yeah. It's it's the same thing. They just repeat it. Yeah. That's that's why I fucked that up. Sorry. Because it's dumb. It is a little lame. No, like, let's just do that exactly again. Except this time he follows her and beats yeah. her in twelve seconds there instead of here. With the magic sword that's on her wall. Yeah, the good thing she had that sword that could the only thing that could defeat her right there in her one room. Because the important thing is like Beowulf, I'm sorry, Grendel and uh, Bitch Mom cannot be defeated with regular weapons. That's why nobody was able to defeat them before. You had to defeat them with your own strength, your own, you know, whatever. Their their hide was too strong. Grendel's mom was like the bad guy in that Halle Berry Catwoman movie. (laughs) No one saw that ever, dude. I saw it. It was... The worst thing anyone's ever made. The bad guy was, I think it was Sharon Stone. She used like some beauty products <laughs> that gave her like impenetrable skin. That's ridiculous. That was it. She was a supervillain. She had real hard skin because she used beauty products. And that's Grendel's mom. And then he fucking chops her head off with a fucking sword. Yeah, he knifes her in the neck. And then the sword just disintegrates. <laughs> One time, yes. Sword gone. And then he says, oh, there's dead Grendel. Cool. Grendel's just dead in the bed. Wow, this wrapped up everything real easily. Let me go back now and be the fucking awesomest dude in Denmark. And he does. Swedish dude in Denmark. Well, uh, yes. Hey, King. He's probably awesomer than all the Danish dudes, too, though. Okay, true. (laughs) I mean, they'd all been fucked up for a year, and he came in and fisted everything bad to death in, like, an afternoon. We need to do another one of these. Yeah. Actually, all of those have to wait. Let's just fast forward really fast. 
He then. I think there's oh, only a little oh, yeah, bit. Oh, there's one more. We have four more. Oh my God, we're gonna die. So speaking of uh, Scandinavia, they drink. Uh, they grow this there. Pickled herring. This is pickled herring lager. This is called I don't want this. Norwegian wood, which technically Norway's never mentioned, but fuck them. Same thing. It's from Handbryggeriet. It's a traditional Norwegian smoked ale with juniper berries. So going like you know straight Scandinavian. Hmm. Hey, how come the Swedish uh, ships all have barcodes on the side of them? Do you know why? It's an IKEA thing. No, so when they come back into port, they could scan the navy. In. You're welcome, guys. <laughs> go fuck your, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm, I'm just so disappointed. You're disappointed in yourself. That was a don't. great dad joke. <laughs> just just don't respond. <laughs> this smells like a uh, smells like an old forest fire. Kind of tastes like it too. It smells like bacon covered in jam. Like I'm getting serious bacon out of that. I like this. It's weird, but I kind of dig it. Very smoky. It is very smoky. That is a unique experience. Yeah. It's it's not as smoky as that fucking, what, that weird one, the Roush. Oh, that one from Slaughterhouse thing. Yeah, that was like a smoked meat, the beverage. Oh, yeah. It's like a nice glass of brisket. It's like Portugal man. (laughs) Smoked meat, the beverage, period. (laughs) Smoked, period, the meat, the band. (laughs) Yeah, this smells like bacon. I wouldn't want a lot of this, but... It's a, an experience. Well, good thing we still have a half a bottle for us to split. Huzzah. <laughs> so this is a weird, interesting beverage. I will probably never get it again. That's fine. But it's a cool, weird thing. And, and then... Now we know. Then 50 years pass. Yeah. Well, then the king is like, oh, you have been... Well, actually, there's a part. The king, after he kills Grendel, he's like, you are awesome. Here's a whole bunch of shit. And then he's like, let me go kill the... Gr-. They didn't kill, I didn't finish. I had to kill his mom. And he's like, all right, I'll give you more shit when you're done. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back. He's like, all right, Perfect. Even more shit. He's like, perfect. That's all I need. Fuck off, king. I'm gonna go be my own king. Fifty year montage. He goes yeah. to the. He goes back to the Geats, and he and Beowulf becomes king because he he wasn't next in line to be king, but all the other people did die. He was like suspicious he, they, they under, ha- under suspicious arm ripping injuries. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they have like another guy becomes king. And Beowulf was like, yes, I'll support him. He's, the, he's what should be king. And then that guy also dies. And Beowulf's like, all right, I'll take it now. And then he becomes like the best king they ever had. Best king ever. And then it's because just, every battle is solved in arm wrestling contests. And he's king for 50 winters. Which in yeah. Sweden is 12 <laughs> days. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah. And then somebody in the, the kingdom... I, I don't exactly know how the dragon gets discovered. It's never... He, he, like, finds... He, like, steals some treasure from the dragon. The dragon is asleep. Oh, yeah. Someone like, steals a thing. Oh, free treasure. And he takes a thing. And the dragon wakes up. He's like, huh, who took my gold? This is another uh, direct corollary. For sure. Well, we'll get... Yeah, we'll get to yeah. that. Uh, yeah. And so... Uh, and anyway, then there's this dragon is just, like, you know, killing people. And so Beowulf, even though he's an old... Even though he's an old man, now he he's has to go. He's got to be old as fuck at this So point. old. He's got to be at least 75, 80 years he's old. He's so yeah. goddamn tough. Exactly. He's like the uh, like Burt Reynolds of... But alive. <laughs> no, not anymore. Burt Reynolds. a thousand years ago. Burt Reynolds. Well, at the time of the story, Burt Reynolds is dead as shit right now. But when they wrote it, Burt Reynolds was still alive. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I'll go fuck up that dragon. But I'm pretty sure it's going to be bad. So I'm going to take some of my dudes with me so they can watch me fist this dragon to death. But the dragon's also going to kill me. 
And he goes. What the fuck am I doing? Yeah, what's wrong with you? And he goes there to kill the dragon, knowing he's not going to return. He goes on a trip he you know he won't he knows he won't return from. It's weird. Like he just knows for some reason. There's no I, there's no real reason why he knows. He just knows. Right? I mean, I maybe I missed something, but it's just like I'm probably gonna die, guys. I'll see you all later. Because he's, you know, I'm old as shit and have gout. <laughs> I'm 86. When the life expectancy is 39. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so this is the pint of no return. This is another beer that we were like. I forgot what we had this for originally for. It could have happened in so many. I think it was Lincoln and the Bardo. And we, we did this for Lincoln and the Bardo. Yeah. We had it for something else afterwards. Uh, no, I actually just brought this can because I was like, well, oh, here's an interesting one. And Jimmy was like, oh, we did that one already. And then we ended up just not using it that day. And huzzah, we're using it today. Yep. This is a uh, black lager or something like that? It's like a, yeah. It, it's just black lager. 5.5%. It's by the Hardy Wood. It's a little sweet. A little bit. Um, Yeah, a little bit. Thin body kind of thing. You know? I expected a little more robustness. A little to girth. It. Yeah, totally. But Beowulf goes knowing I am not going to return from this. I had a good run, everyone. What better way to go out? And fucking a dragon to death. A yeah, anyway, Swedish the dragon dick. is like, you know, shooting people with fire and stuff and roasting people. and, and uh, Beowulf, Roasted? <laughs> I, and this, this is still, even this fight still was very, very short. Like, not very many lines. It, but was, it was a little long, longer. A little longer than the others. not much. It was odd. Like, Beowulf, like, uses his shield to, like, block the fire. All, and all of his friends run away except one kid. Except for one dude. One, one dude. guy manages to sneak around and stab the dragon with a, a sword, with a something that worked. Because yeah. Beowulf's sword didn't work for some reason. Well, he never used a fucking sword before. He didn't use a sword on Grendel or Grendel's mom. But he knew, like, I'm 80. I can't just wrestle a dragon. I guess I'll bring a sword this time. I guess. And the dragon was like, I'm going to fucking destroy you. <laughs> but then the other dude sort of sneaks around the side and stabs him and kills the dragon. And then he's done. Yeah, these monsters all go down real easy. It's a dragon. You stab it once, it's like me getting a fucking splinter. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit, that's it. All right. Like you Jump. stub your toe. God, that's annoying. <laughs> mm -hmm. Back to pillaging. So the dragon's dead, but Beowulf is all fucked up. He's like he's really badly injured. He's got 11th degree burns. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like the guys at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> He's like lost every hair off his body. He just like blinks and has like a mouth like a butthole. <laughs> <laughs> and he just sits there and rides. <laughs> like, oh man, this is a terrible way to go. <laughs> I was wrong. Mm -hmm. I immediately regret this. <laughs> he should just give him the treasure back, guys. <laughs> I don't want to go like this. And everyone's like, Beowulf, you were a goddamn good king. And he's like, but I don't want to die. Yeah. Uh, but he actually doesn't give a shit because he's a thousand. And then he dies. And that's the end. And then just he was the good king. And then they, uh, oh, we have a beer for that. And for they, the thing we just talked about. They epitaph him. Nate, you brought this. This is called Forged in Fire by Alewife. Or Alewife, however you pronounce it. it is I think a, it's Alewife. Alewife, yeah. Which sounds like a kind of thing you've seen It is a 4.8% alcohol beer of some kind. 
It says Marzen. Okay, that's a that's an Oktoberfest kind of beer, yeah. Okay. okay, and then it says Caramel Noble, festive as fuck. Does it say festive as fuck? It's festive AF. Oh, okay. So Marzen is the uh, lager style, like Oktoberfest beers are this style. It's going to be sweeter, darker, you know, caramely, amber-colored kind of things. Okay. I can see this as an Oktoberfest thing. This is great for that style. I don't really care for this style often. Kind of like meh to me. They're all kind of the same. This is nice. It's nice. It yeah. also, you know, you can tell a lager has a clean kind of finish to it. You know, you finish sipping it and that's the end of the experience. But ales tend to have like a lingering thing. Lagers just tend to be clean up nicer. I don't know. Crisp. There's a finish. It's done. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, there's a, it's a, a finite experience. Yeah, where ales can kind of linger. So, Beowulf dies, and they're like, sweet, Viking funeral, and then they light his shit on fire, or they bury his ship, or whatever they do. And That's how I want to go. Viking funeral would be sweet. Though I thought that was a myth. I thought that never actually happened. I mean, it probably did happen for important people, but not for all of them, because it would just be too time consuming. And you can't burn that many boats. Well, there was all these things, like the Sutton Who archaeological site, where they bury an entire ship, and a guy, and like four horses, and all of his shit. I mean, it's a personal choice. Could be. Like, no, nah, I want the horse and the boat thing. Like, all right, dude. Or like, no, nah, I want to be burned. So Bale's dead as fuck. And that's the end of the fucking story. Yeah. He hits in three short fight scenes, and they gloss over most of his life. And that's it. And you hear about how many people were the son of the son of the son of this guy. And there's a few, like, long asides. Yeah, and then she told a story about this person. And then you like hear their story. A king from long ago who was unrelated to the story. But here you go. It's like an intermission. Well, I think part of it is that Beowulf is from this ancient tradition that we don't appreciate. Yeah, I thought it was like a, it's like an oral thing, so people would like listen to the story for you know days at a time, and like halfway through the thing, there's like a recap of everything that just happened. You're like, what the fuck? I just read this, but it's because they would have heard about that at a different time, and they're like, in case you forgot previously on <laughs> Law and Order, <laughs> but they left it all in this book so it's like yeah no i know that just happened because i just fucking read it yeah it, it, the pacing is very different a thousand years later <laughs> yeah it, it it feels weird and it cuts out the interesting things and really really harps on the uninteresting things but it tells us i think about their culture i think it tells us about this world and that's what makes beowulf so fascinating as a historical sure yeah I, I don't think 100 percent. yeah i don't think beowulf is a fascinating read i don't but I think it's an interesting thing in, in the sense of knowing about this long-lost part of the world. Yeah. So Beowulf is sort of like the story of the coolest guy. You know, the ultimate he's warrior. the, the most of year 1000. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey! And he just kills a dragon. You know, I felt like there sort of isn't a lot of conflict in... So, as a sort of, like, you know, pl- analyzing the plot, there isn't a lot of conflict because Beowulf, like, he doesn't have any flaws. He doesn't... Ha- it's not really a struggle for him. The flaw... Oh, there just is a flaw. flaw. that he's too good. There is a significant flaw in him, and that's where the last beer comes in in a second when I clear room in my glass here. But <laughs> Beowulf shows evidence... Like we all, we've just talked about it. it's old. It's way older than whatever year this piece of paper is from that it was originally written on. It's hundreds of years older, mm-hmm. dating back to a pre-Christian England. But throughout the whole story, there's constant talk about the Old Testament, talk about God, talk about various you know, Christian symbols. Mm-hmm. Can, you can name a whole bunch. Cain and Abel is a great example. And they feel 
kind of woven into the story, but there's a lot of evidence that they're not part of it originally. Like, this has been revised. Yeah. This has been updated to fit these new elements of their civilization in. So this last beer is called Revisionist History, because that's kind of what's happening here in Beowulf. It's a Nitro IPA 6.2%, and it is from Industrial Arts, but it also says The Ruck, Troy, New York on here. I don't, I've never heard of them, but I assume it's a collaboration. It, it is definitely different. It's like almost not carbonated. I think that's the Nitro part, because Nitro has a very different... Head, we've had this. We had these before. Yeah, but this yeah, one but feels. Different. I don't think the flavor would be so different because this does not taste. This does not taste like a regular IPA. It's got a weird aftertaste. Yeah, something weird. Kind of coats you. I feel like I've been lubricated. It does have a different hop flavor. I'm not used to. You kind of smell it, and you get your traditional IPA flavors and smells. I should say, but so revisionist history. Uh, the. The book, uh, Beowulf, or the poem, whatever you want to call it, shows the, the meddling of lots of other things in the culture of these people. Yes. Which makes it a fascinating thing to study, to understand, like, well, what's been added where and when and to what degree? I, I found that was the most fascinating thing, reading it, uh, to, to try to figure out, like, well, I think this is the kind of this, this kind is of the kind of book about, you need like a fucking you just got to take a college you need course like a Sherpa. on it. You need someone to take you through it. You can't it. just fucking read it and be like, that was interesting. You have well, to, like, you have to have it in... As part of a greater whole of something. You need, yeah, you definitely need some hand-holding at points. But the translation is important. I will say Tolkien's translation blows. I honestly was constantly confused as to what the fuck was even going on. Yeah, me too. Me too. I had to spark notes and just be like, what did I just read? Is this real? Is this a dream? Are they just talking? So I reread it after reading Tolkien's, and I already knew the plot of, of Beowulf. I read Tolkien's, and I was like, I'm more confused than I was before. Yeah, I knew, I knew the plot, but it was just like, there was a lot of filler of yeah. weird shit. But mm-hmm. then I read the Seamus Haney version, which came out in like 99, which is a, it's published, you know, is a bilingual edition, so you have the old English on one page and the modern English on the other, so you can kind of compare and realize, holy fuck, that is a different language. Seamus Haney, Haney won the Nobel Prize for Literature in 1995 for his poetry. And then he translated Beowulf into English, and maintained the same meter and uh, rhyme it's, it's scheme, close, uh, not rhyme scheme, meter and alliterative patterns of the original. I need a beautiful job, and it's mm-hmm. a way more enjoyable experience. I, okay. So I read Tolkien's, and I was like, I don't know what's happening anymore. And then I read Haney's, and I was like, this is fucking actually kind of cool. Yeah, there's some boring parts, because they're like, and then he, the son of but he, the son of that, he got that, and he did that. But it was actually way more understandable. I mean, it could have been formatting was part of it, too. But the translation is important. And the Haney translation was really, really phenomenal. Hmm. So I suggest okay. you guys go back and read that one, because it'll take you a day, because it's really short. Yeah. And it's way more, way more of a memorable Practical. experience. Much better. But there's so much in the book that you're like, mm, I don't really know when this got interjected into the story. Nate was yeah. talking earlier about how it was like um, oral tradition. You know, they kind of added shit over, over the generations. When did the embellishments happen? But the Christian stuff kind of got shoehorned in. And that makes an interesting thing to study. Uh, I think one, well, one theory, I mean, I, I have no idea how true this is, but the only people that could read or write around the time this was written down were the monks. And not even all the Christian of them. monks. Yeah, and not even all of them, but really the only people who were around to write it down were worked for the church. So... Perhaps that, you know, that we're like, well, we're going to write this down and we're going to make our own version. We're going to alter it 
to add God into there, to Ooh. add in Jesus, and then that will become the version everyone hears. Maybe that's what happened. I believe <clears throat> Maybe that. that's what happened. The other thing I couldn't help but notice throughout the whole thing, and I think you guys, we've talked about this before, I'm not sure if we recorded any of it, how much when you're reading the Tolkien version, you're like, now I understand where Lord of the Rings came from. Yeah, definitely. For one thing, I mean, not just, just the general elements of the plot. I mean, really, the end of Beowulf is also the end of The Hobbit with the dragon who is like guards all the treasure and like one person tries to steal one piece of treasure and then the dragon goes crazy and starts killing everybody and then they have to send up a group of 13 people to go try and kill the dragon. Mm-hmm. It's like, that was like, oh, that's exactly the same. So Tolkien stole that. He, add, but he, he just added a halfling. He made one of them short. He needed 14. He made them all short. But he, he needed 14. That was a central yeah. thing in The Hobbit. Now it's a different story. But no, like see, the they had dwarves. 13. I had 14. <laughs> different. Yeah, there's a ton of pi- parallels between Lord yeah, of the Rings and A lot of parallels, and in terms of just the actual language, I so I just so highlighted something that I when I read it, I was like, wow, that definitely sounds like Lord of the Rings. This is a part, it's line 480 to 485, if, if, you're, if you're looking. Uh, it's a part where... Depending on which translation, too. Beowulf has defeated Grendel's mother, and now, like, the king of the, the Danes, he's just sort of, like, warning him, like, watch out, you're still going to get old and stuff. But that was like a long passage where nothing was happening. But anyway, here's the line. But soon shall it be that sickness or the sword rob thee of thy might, or fire's embrace, or water's wave, or bite of blade, or flight of spear, or dreadful age, or the flashing of thine eye shall fail and fade. Very soon twill come that thee, proud knight, shall death lay low. I was like, that whole passage is like, that sounds like Lord of the Rings right there. Not just only what's it saying, but even in its tone and kind of rhyming scheme and everything like that. It's like, that that could have been Lord of the Rings right there. That's a great example. There's there's so many things like yeah, that where you're many. like, this could have just been cut and pasted into one of the... Now, of course, this is Tolkien's own words we read. Yeah, and in his own, he admitted he the translation is not great. Right, but so then he was like his his style of doing it. Great novel in the workings. <laughs> it's a rough draft. But also, just how many times in Lord of the Rings did they make? And then he met this guy, son of that guy, who had slayed the this. Yeah, and there was like long that, cutaways about bullshit stories that don't matter. That was all from Beowulf. Tolkien could not resist stealing that because that's what yep. he fucking mm-hmm. did. And I think there were wolves in Lord of the Rings. Improvement. Score one for Tolkien. Yeah. No wolves were, in Beowulf. Were there wolves in the wargs? The wargs the war, the oh, right. were wolves, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Change, change the word, but it's wolves. Yeah. They're uh, fantasy wolves. Wargs. Wolfwargs. You can't have wolves everywhere, Tolkien. They're not wolves. They're wargs. <laughs> yeah, wargs. Also, I mean, partly this has to do with Tolkien, but the, but the main sort of themes, well, the main themes of Beowulf, the story, are a lot of them are the main themes of the whole fantasy genre itself, where there's one hero, and it's the hero's journey, though less of a journey in this, but it's, there's a hero who really has sort Thanks, of Campbell. destined to, yeah, exactly, who's destined to, like, save everybody because he's just the only one who has the power, or only one who has the skill, and he just kind of has to do it. Now, in this, it's in Beowulf, it's not quite that he has some sort of like, it's quite supernatural power. He's just, just the strongest. Good. He's just the best. And then he goes and does it. But that, that sort of like central idea is so, sort of like the theme of kind of like fantasy literature in general. A lot of that, though, is because 
Lord of the Rings literally launched fantasy as a big genre of literature, to popular literature, and he stole it from Beowulf. Borrowed. Borrowed. Well, I, 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 I see what you're saying, and I agree. I think, though, in Beowulf, one other thing, though, earlier we said there's not really a conflict. I think the conflict here, and this might be, a com- this might be an effect of the combining pre-Christian mythology and Christian doctrine, is about mortality and about destiny and those sort of things. And I think that's a big part of Beowulf, right? Like, the Beowulf, the character, is the strongest dude ever, but he cannot live forever. Mm-hmm. And he, and whereas in a mythological setting, he probably could. It was like the last line was, all oh, the most thing that mattered to him was his fame. But like they said, fame isn't really fame. It like means, uh, it's more like a uh, reputation. And it was like, that's the last fucking line in the thing. It was like, all he cared about was people knew that he was the biggest dick on the block. Which, he, well, he certainly succeeded. Uh, yeah, he earned we it. still talk about the fucking poem Beowulf. Did you read the other shit in the Tolkien book, like the notes on the text? No. I, I started to, but I didn't get very far. It wasn't, it wasn't formatted well in the ebook because you had to like flip back and forth, which really sucks. But I went through a lot of that. And it was mostly about like translation of this word or that word or stuff like that. But he had his own version of Beowulf at the end called Selic Spell. Did you read that? Nope. Where he basically turned Beowulf into like a 20-page story, mm-hmm. not in prose. Like, here's what I think the original story was before it got adapted and mutated and fucked up by other people. And that's a really interesting thing to read. Because is Tolkien the, the be-all and end-all of Beowulf scholarship? Certainly not. But he was a guy that studied it for decades and really knew it better than just about anybody at his time. His impressions and interpretation of it were, are worth reading. And it's not a long thing to read. It's an interesting thing to see that he says, oh, it's like, he talks, you know, he gets into etymology a little bit, saying like how these characters have these names that are based on these kind of patterns that represent elements of their com- of their culture. And Beowulf must have been based off some sort of like, um, uh, fuck, I don't, I don't say bale of hay, but like something like that, like some sort of like harvest thing. And like he's a like harvest character. And there's another person that's like a, a defense character, like the shieldings and stuff like that. And he has this interesting mm-hmm. story there. And Beowulf was raised by a bear. And he has all this other crap. But there's like explanations of why it makes sense based on the text, which is it's interesting to read. And we should, so you should check it out. Just to, you know, since you read the story and stuff. Okay. It won't take you much time. Come this far. Yeah. But if anything else, read the Haney version because it's really great. As the, uh, uh, like, you know, like the, the blurb review says, mm-hmm. Haney makes a masterpiece out of a masterpiece. Oh, double masterpiece. Double, double masterpiece. Yeah. It's the best one you can get. But he really does. I mean, I, whether it was a masterpiece to begin with, it's 100% debatable. But he does make it into a much more interesting story than Tolkien ever did. It's a masterpiece because it's better than the other two ones they have. There's a bunch of translations. <laughs> I mean, been 200 I mean, years I mean, the, uh, the story. The, uh, the original one. That's well, masterpiece. What? <laughs> That's how it starts. It's the first word. What? What? Yeah. H W A E, like that combined A E thing. T, exclamation point. What? First word. Which Tolkien translates as translates as low or something like that. Or hark. That's what everybody always does. Hark, listen. One of those old timey exploits. Amy does this. So So. Which is pretty badass. Down. I thought that was a really cool translation. So, moving on. It's the iced tea version. Everything before this doesn't I don't give a fuck about. Moving right along. He ripped off its arms, beat it to death. Check it out. I don't know. Tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Or follow us on Twitter at DrunkGuysBC. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at DrunkGuysBookClub. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.